You're listening to the Blended Family Podcast, a weekly show with a strong focus on strategies and methods to help your family thrive. Blended families face many difficulties and challenges, which can sometimes drive families apart. The goal of this podcast is to help your blended family grow together through these challenges to create the peaceful and loving home you desire. Here is your host, Melissa. Hello, you're joining me for episode 243 of the Blended Family Podcast. And today I've got an interview for you with Florence Romano, who is the Windy City Nanny. And we're going to be talking about how to find the perfect nanny, which I think is very fitting for some of you right now. So we'll get to that in just a minute. I wanted to announce the winners. A few weeks ago, we had Kristen Bowen from Living the Good Life Naturally. And since then, I've been reporting back about my use of the product of her magnesium soak. And then she was giving away four of these jugs that are valued at $75 each. And so thank you to those that wrote in to me. The winners are Pamela Black, Stacy Rocco, Kristen Knight, and John and Amanda Youngblood. And I will be contacting all of you to arrange shipping for that. And I am expecting back a full report on how it worked for you. And I, you know, according to the emails that you gave me, I think that I've chosen the people who needed it most. And uh, so I can't wait to find out if it's helpful to you. So last week, We heard from Heather McGuire over at Prison Parenting. So if you missed that, go check it out. She was talking to us about behavioral issues uh, with children, which is definitely lots of good information in that show for you, I'm sure. And then next week, we're going to be talking to Billy Tarasio, who is an attorney. And we're going to be talking about some different laws Uh, It is a COVID show. I'm just going to let you know that now. Um, We recorded this a while back, and I am just getting it out now. But it is still relevant, and hopefully it won't be relevant for much longer as far as the COVID issue. But uh, she's a great attorney, and she's going to be answering some questions regarding laws around masks and vaccines and things like this, which you know, is is actually quite an issue in a blended family when you have a disagreement from home to home on how something should be handled, especially something as serious as a vaccine. So you'll be interested to hear what she has to say about that. The only other thing that I wanted to mention to you is that I really want you to get on my mailing list. And this is not so that I can spam you, but I am considering switching to a different platform. I know I've mentioned this before about Facebook. Um, Facebook and Google are actually possibly getting sued right now for censorship. And I just want to have a backup plan. There's a bunch of you in my group that I love and care about, all of you really. Uh, When I say a bunch, I mean all of you. And I think there's, I I think about 2,000 of you. And I want to make sure that we have a place to send you uh, after, if anything should happen with Facebook. And so please join my mailing list, blendedfamilypodcast.com slash subscribe. I will not spam you. I send out maybe one newsletter a month, maybe not even that often, to be honest. Uh, But it's just a really great way for me to get a hold of you if I need to let you know anything. If I do switch platforms, you need to know. And so please consider joining that mailing list. Uh, And don't forget, too, when you join, you're always automatically entered in to win the giveaways that I do. So it's just a good way for me to get in touch with you and also for you 
to be a part of those giveaways. So those are all of my announcements for today. I'm keeping it short. Enjoy this fabulous interview with Florence Romano, and I'll see you guys next week. Step parenting can be so hard. You know, I always say that step parents have the most challenging role in the blended family. If you're a step parent, I bet you know exactly what I mean. One of the biggest hurdles is knowing when to step in and when to step back. Finding our footing, our place in the family can be so overwhelming and often leads to so much frustration. Lori and David Sims learned a different approach worked for them and they formed the Nacho Kids Academy as a way to share what they learned over the years and their tools and resources have helped so many families. To learn more about the Academy and its creators, go back and listen to an interview when they were on this podcast at blendedfamilypodcast.com slash 195. That is episode 195. When you become a member of the Academy, you're going to get 24 video courses in the course library with a new one added each month, a minimum of two group Q&A coaching calls each month, an anonymous community where David and Lori are both active daily, one-on-one coaching discount packages, a private journaling feature, weekly nacho newsletter, and month-long challenges. And if you use my promo code BFP, you'll receive $20 off your first month, so you have nothing to lose. Head on over to nachokidsacademy.com today and use promo code BFP. Today, we have the pleasure of speaking to Florence Ann Romano, the Windy City Nanny, who is an author, a philanthropist, and web series star and host who has always had a special place in her heart for children. Romano worked for over 15 years as a nanny, beginning as a mommy's helper at the age of only 11. Her new YouTube series, Windy City Nanny, premiered this past August 21st with new episodes each week. She shares her experiences in Nanny and Me, her beautifully illustrated debut book for children making the transition from being cared for solely by their parents to having a nanny in their home. Florence has been featured on national shows like Home and Family, The Doctor and the Diva, Fox News, Good Day Chicago, WCIU, Sirius XM, and more. Welcome to the show, Florence. How are you? Oh, I'm great. I'm so thrilled to be here. Thank you for the warm welcome. Yes, of course. And so we have a lot of good stuff to talk about today. But first, I want the people to just know a little bit more about you. So tell us a little bit about your journey and why you wanted to become a nanny. Just tell us a little bit more. When I was a little girl, I used to ask my mom to take me to the hospital so I could have my baby. And what I (laughs) meant by that was to take me to the toy store and buy me a baby doll. Um, And uh, then I would come home and I'd make birth certificates for all of my baby dolls. So I think I was a baby obsessed from a young age and just always enjoyed, always enjoyed and was curious, I think, about other children. And um, it just kind of parlayed into to me wanting to become a babysitter like a lot of young girls do. And um, I just always had a natural instinct to be a caretaker. You know, I grew up in an old fashioned Italian house where my grandparents lived with us. And, you know, being a caretaker was something I saw all around me. So it was just very natural. And so I, I kind of blended my love 
love for taking care of people and children and put them together. And that became um, my career as a nanny. And I spent 15 years doing it and it was the most, you know, sensational time. And I learned so much, but when the wind changed, as Mary Poppins says, and I moved on to something else, you know, on to, you know, the side of, you know, being a retired nanny to now working with parents and families and children um, in, in a very different way um, to help them during their journey of uh, childcare. Um, I really was able to bring all my experience from those 15 years and really look at the childcare landscape and say, okay, what is it that we need to do to make sure we're setting families up for success? And so that's kind of how we got here. Wow. And do you have children of your own? You know, it's so funny. I don't have children of my own. And it's when people ask me that question, I'm always like, oh, I feel like such a loser that I don't have my own kids yet. But I you know, feel like I had tons of kids after the yeah. 15 years of being a nanny. And I always say I may not be a mom, but I know how to mother. Um, and that is uh, kind of, you know, my I guess what's kind of etched on my heart currently. But I do hope to have kids one day. Yeah, totally. That's that's a really amazing story. And I bet you saw so many changes over 15 years, even in the family dynamic. Probably you saw from 15 years prior, not as many blended families. And then probably towards the end there, you probably saw more because blended families are growing all the time. So uh, and with blended families, as you know, I know you say uh, that it takes a village. And right. I totally agree with you. And that's kind of how it is in blended family homes. And I know you had a grandparent living in the home. So do we. We've got grandma living here. And it does take a village. And it's been very helpful when everybody can chip in together. But can you elaborate why you say it takes a village? Because I want to know from your experience why you say that. Well, I, I always have loved that that saying, but the saying also kind of irked me <laughs> at the same time too, because I'm like, you know, it takes a village, it takes a village, but no one's giving directions to the village. There's no phone number for the village. Like, how do you get this village? Not everyone is as lucky as I was to have, you know, this, this extension um, of of our family with my grandparents. It was just kind of this built-in support. Um, and not everybody has access to that. So the building of the village, it looks different for everybody. You know, I don't expect every village to look the same. I don't expect everyone to be vetting the people they bring into their village the same way. And beyond that, it's also the idea of you know, why do you have that village? And is it this quantity over quality that, you know, people are looking for at this point? And I always tell people that it, it isn't about this enormous village. It's not about the quantity of people that you have. It's about the right type of people, the quality of people that you have that you're going to surround yourselves with. And so, you know, building the village is very important. And I'm here to help families figure out how to build that village. But then more importantly, the second step to that is asking for help. You can't build a village without asking for help. And asking for help can be very difficult for people. And then naturally what I hope happens is that you let love in because you're letting people into your village, letting people be role models for your children, letting them learn from other people culturally. It could be religion, politics, academics, whatever it might be, but it's influence and hopefully at its finest. So I always talk about those three pillars when talking about childcare today, that you need to build your village, ask for help and let love in. Wow. So 
Yeah, I agree totally. And I, I think one of the problems with probably mostly women is that we don't like to ask for help because if we're not doing it all on our own, we sometimes feel like a failure. And with blended families, we've many of us have had to learn to give up some of that control to another stepmom if we're a bio mom. And so we get used to that. But the desire to get a nanny is sometimes also very difficult as a woman to say, well, I can't do this all on my own. I need an outside person to come in as well as you know, this woman is going to be around my children more than me. And that's a very difficult thing for some women. But the need for nannies in present day times is huge. The economy is changing. We have larger families sometimes. We have blended families. And we are working more than we used to work back in the day. We need to have two parents working. And now, of course, with the whole pandemic and coronavirus, it's it's even more necessary because as people are going back to work and children are going back to school and a lot of the school is now at home, it's going to be very difficult for people. So what I would like for you to talk about is the need for nannies nowadays and maybe why it's okay for a woman to say, it is all right for me to get a nanny right now. And it doesn't mean I'm a failure. So talk about that a little bit and talk about the importance of having a nanny, what it can do for a family. Well, asking for help, you're right, Melissa, can be so difficult for people because it does make you feel like a failure. And I'm really trying hard to push against that, saying that, you know, just because you need someone else to be there, it doesn't mean that's a weakness. You know, to need someone is not a weakness. But I think in our culture today, we have set up ourselves to think we all have to be kind of superhuman. Uh, And there's a lot of shame that goes back and forth between the working moms and the non-working moms or the stay-at-home dads and the working dads. And, you know, I see this kind of mudslinging that happens. Like, you know, why do you work if you're going to have, you know, kids? You shouldn't. You should be at home with them raising them. And then the other side of it saying, you know, I... I want to stay home with my kids and there's nothing wrong with me for, you know, not wanting to work or not needing to work. That doesn't devalue me as a woman or as a man, because that's not how I identify myself. So I think, you know, a big issue I think we have is supporting everyone else in their own in their own convictions, whatever their values are of their home, instead of judging it. I mean, even right now with everyone going back to school, you see a lot of parents judging each other about what choice they're choosing for their children for this school year, or at least for part of the school year. Uh, and so that that's hard for me because I feel like when we're already living in a pretty judgmental space, uh, that we're not we're not doing enough to support each other through these very hard times. But to go back to the idea of why a nanny is so important. Um, You know, 64% of families in America today, and this is before the virus hit, 64% of people in the United States had childcare for their children. And that is an enormous statistic when you think about it, over 64%. And that continues to rise in line with the employment rate. Now, I know we've, we've hit a little bit of a speed bump here because of things with the coronavirus, but actually, I think we're going to see that this statistic is going to grow no matter what, because what we need, the common denominator through everything, no matter who you are right now, is you probably need help with the kids. Because when one coronavirus hit, your grandparents, if they were the granny nannies that you had, they weren't able to come to the house anymore because they were the vulnerable population. Maybe they're still not going to the house. So then you have no village. You've got, you really have had everyone ripped away from you. Then there was also daycares. 
90% of daycares are privately owned. After coronavirus hit and the economy took a hit, a lot of those daycares didn't reopen. So now you have children not going to daycare. Who's taking care of these kids if you have to physically go back to work? Or even if you're still working from home, who's taking care of your children? Doing Zoom with them for school or whatever the case is, or even over the summer taking care of them so you can still work. So nannies have become more popular than ever right now because I think a lot of people are seeing that they think it's the safest alternative. Instead of sending their kids to a germy daycare, they want to have someone in the house with the kids to keep them more insulated. Daycare, even before COVID was germy. I mean, we already said that's the best place to go and get your kid's immune system way, way up because they're going to come home with every single thing. And, you know, and, 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 and that's fine. I mean, that's part of, you know, children being together, they get sick, they pick up germs, but I do see the benefit of having a nanny because as a nanny, I loved the one-on-one time I had with the children. I loved the customized experience. I loved that I played more of like a godmother auntie role in these children's lives and was a big part of their family, was a big part of that tribe. You don't get the same feeling with a daycare provider necessarily. Maybe you do if it's an in-home daycare or it's a smaller, more intimate situation. But I do see that families are getting more and more excited about the idea of having a personal touch in their home of a nanny. Yeah, for sure. Now, are you finding that some people are just getting onto hiring nannies now just to help with the new schooling system as the parents are getting ready to go back to work? I've seen a lot of the online resources where you can go and hire a nanny, like those recruitment agencies, where they're adding on now kind of a new category of, you know, nannies that are also kind of you know, moonlighting as an educator at this point because they want a tutor. Because believe me, I would need a tutor. I mean, if I had children in my home, there's no way. I mean, they would hand me fractions and I'd be like, not a chance. I mean, put that worksheet <laughs> away. So, I mean, I definitely would, you know, know thyself, you know, and I think a lot of parents are realizing that. Um, and so, yes, I think they are hiring nannies to be more, having more academic focus right now to help them. Um, you know, because you were doing homework with kids after school as nannies, you were doing that, but that's very different different, doing after-school homework versus actually navigating the children through remote learning. And that's a very different hands-on oversight experience. Uh, so I do see that people are using nannies in a different way. Um, but it doesn't change the fact that the other jobs that that nanny has in your home with your children still apply. Uh, but it is kind of the first tiptoe into having a nanny, I think, for a lot of families right now, having them have that academic um, presence in their household. Yeah, I've been, uh, well, we, our other companies, we have a house cleaning company. So we're in and out of homes all the time with kids and we've seen the homeschooling situation and we've seen some of our clients that are, you know, they're, they're working from home now, plus they're trying to be an educator and it's become very challenging for so many people. And a lot of them are looking forward to getting back to school, but of course, nothing is going to be normal right now just yet. And so uh, I, I like your advice of just making sure that your nanny, if you are going to have an academic nanny, that you want to make sure that she or he is qualified in those ways and that they're up to the challenge. And I imagine uh, it might be slightly more expensive even to if you're expecting the additional task of doing the homeschooling, right? 
it's probably going to be more expensive, not just necessarily because of the hours that they're going to spend. They may have been spending those same hours at your house, but maybe not. Maybe this is going to add on hours, which will add on money. Mm -hmm. But also remember, the more experience that you need your nanny to have, whatever that is, experience, years in the field or academia, certain skill sets, certain degrees, you're going to pay more money for that, just like you would in corporate America. I mean, if the, the, the more accomplished that employee is, the more years of experience they have, the more degrees they have, you're going to have a different, you know, salary bracket for that person. And the same goes for a nanny. Yeah, that, well, that makes, that makes total sense. So what I want to know now for my listeners is if they are looking for a nanny, how do they find the perfect one? What are some things that they can look for and uh, also some red flags to look for? I always say, and you heard me say it just, I touched on it just a bit, but know thyself. You know, I have seen the revolving door of nannies and families. And this is another reason why I decided to get into the field, you know, of being a childcare advocate was I saw that people were unable to keep nannies and they didn't understand why, like what they were doing wrong, you know, what's going on that I'm not able to, you know, keep, you know, people, you know, with my kids or my kids monsters, are they crazy? Like what's going on? And it really was never, an, it was never because of the children. It was never just the nanny. It was the idea that parents did not know who they were. They did not know thyself. And beyond that, they did not know the values of their home. And this is, this is kind of how I decided I would give advice to parents going forward about vetting nannies was it's going to come from a place of values. And, you know, people get scared when you hear that word values because they think it's going to get preachy or it's going to have to do with religion or things like that. And I'm not talking about any of that. I'm talking about just what makes your family your family. What's important to you? How do, What is the dynamic of your family? And you have to be able to sit back and say, as a single parent or a blended family or, um, you know, any sort, any sort of, uh, you know, formula that makes up that family or whoever your significant other or spouse is, whatever it might be, you have to be able to have the conversation of what is important to us and what is important to me? What do I need to be an extension of my eyes, ears, and heart? And then you go from there. Is it education that's important? Do I expect this nanny to have a certain degree in, you know, early childhood education because there, there's going to be a big emphasis uh, regarding education with what I expect them to impart and with my children. How do I feel about discipline? Do I believe in corporal punishment? Do I believe in them putting hands on my children to discipline them? Uh, or if I don't believe in that, do I believe that they should be disciplining them? How about nutrition? Am I going to be that type of, you know, nanny that, you know, do you want that nanny to be feeding them sugar and all sorts of artificial? Official things, or do you eat totally organic? Are there certain dietary restrictions because the child has special needs in that way? And speaking of special needs, if you have a special needs child, is that person qualified to be taking care of your special needs child? How do you feel about religion, politics? Is that part of the conversation? So I could go on and on forever and say, these are all things that you need to think about. And I know it sounds like I'm diving way too deep, but I promise you, if you do the deep dive of what your values are and what your expectations are of that nanny, then you will set yourself up for success, but it's not one-sided. They also, the nanny needs to do this exercise for themselves about what's important to them. How are, do, what do they expect their role to be in your family? How do they lead? What do they expect uh, to be able to give to your family? Uh, and if it doesn't jive, if you meet and you're having your interviews and your, you know, your, your observation time with them and it doesn't, it doesn't seem like there's an energy that's jiving, then that's not the nanny for you. I and mean, that's not the family for you, but you can't 
can't know that unless you do this work because what you risk is you do none of this work, you bring the person in, and then you find this out as the weeks unfold, and then you're going to have to let the nanny go and you're back to square one. So preparation is key. That's great. Yeah, we don't want to be rolling through a ton of nannies because we didn't ask the right questions. And I know some people are afraid to do that, but you've just laid out tons and tons of types of questions that we can ask and things to think about and that maybe people didn't think about before. So I think that that was really wonderful. Um, and so and so the red flags, what are some red flags to look for? If, you, if you're talking to somebody right away, you, there's maybe one or two things that you know it's a definite no. What would we look for there? <laughs> there are so many red flags, uh, <laughs> but one thing would be hygiene. I, I, I need you to pay attention to how the person is dressed, how they keep themselves. Um, you know, it, it's important that they present themselves well, just like you would expect anyone going into an interview that that person, it, you know, comes off, you know, looking, um, looking the part. Um, and uh, I also, you know, not a red flag right from sitting down and having coffee with them. But the biggest red flag for me is what the children think. If your children are old enough and are, are able to give their feedback on the nanny, they should. And what I mean by this is you need to have that nanny come into the home and you need to be able to observe them with your children. Like maybe it's a trial period for a week, or maybe it's a couple of days, or maybe it's just the second time you're meeting them, but they're going to come to the house and they're going to meet the kids for about an hour or two. You need to see how they interact with them. You need to see how comfortable they are with the children. What, what are their kind of nanny reflexes? You know, are they keeping an eye out, you know, for, you know, the, the baby crawling down the hallway and are they, they got, an eye on that kind of, you know, making sure that they're, you know, they're constantly kind of on the alert about, you know, safety for children and, and how do they interact? Do they seem uncomfortable? Do they seem awkward? Um, and if your kids can talk, ask them what they think too, because kids have an unbelievable sixth sense about these things. I mean, kids are uncensored in the worst times, but this is a time that you should take what they say and not devalue it because they do read that energy very well. Um, and they're often oftentimes right about what they're picking up on. So I think that's very important, the trial period, the observation period about what you're seeing this nanny do or not do uh, is going to be a big deciding factor on whether or not you hire them. Yeah, absolutely. And to circle back on what you started to talk about energy a couple of minutes ago, that's the most important thing. I'm an energy person, so I can feel whether I'm connecting with somebody. And I know not everybody has that ability, but like you said, children do have that ability automatically. They're not like adults that have been, uh, I don't know, just... I don't want to say ruined, but you know how it is over the years. You, you lose you lose some of those abilities to connect. And so um, because we have our other outside judgments and things that get in the way. Right. So you're so right. Look at the children. See how they interact. Because if you have a child that does not like that person, it's never going to work out anyway, even if you love them. If the child right. does not like them, it's just going to be miserable for everybody. So that's really great exactly. advice. Yeah. So. So for 15 years, you worked as a nanny. How many families would you say that you worked for during that time? I was, you know, I, I didn't stay with the each family for an extremely long amount. Of each family wasn't like years and years, but there were uh, two families that I was with for 14 out of the 15 years. And then there were 10 other families I was with for like, you know, kind of bounced around for, 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 the, the, for kind of the balance of those 15 years too. 
Well, that's a lot. So what I want to ask you is what are some of the major lessons that you learned over those years taking care of those families? Does anything stick out? The hardest thing for me was how to walk the fine line of not being the children's parent. <laughs> uh, and and it wasn't what people think. It wasn't because I so badly wanted to discipline them or they weren't listening to me. I was very lucky with the children that I nannied for. They had a great deal of respect for me and I had a great deal of respect for them. And we had a beautiful relationship. I still talk to all the kids that I nannied for today. My The hardest part I had was the children developing a relationship with me built on trust. And if I was seeing things going on in the home that I didn't agree with, or I felt that the children were struggling with, that the parents weren't acknowledging or weren't seeing, how did I keep the trust of the children but go to the parents and say, we need to, we need, we need to work on something here. I'm seeing something that's off or something that I doesn't feel right. And I needed to make sure that the children knew that they, they could trust me. They could talk to me. I wouldn't embarrass them or make them feel shame about something, but they, but also be able to go to the parents and say, there's something we need to, to discuss. And that's hard because parents don't want to think that they don't know their children or they're not around enough to see. But I always say, anyone who spends a significant amount of time with your child in a different capacity than you is going to have a different point of view than you do about things. They're going to see things that you don't see necessarily. That's just the case. And just like they saw things I didn't see, you know, as parents. But there needed to be a relationship with parents that was built on a lot of respect and trust. And that for me was one of the top things I constantly had to work on was making sure that there was this trifecta. There was the relationship between children, parent, and nanny that was solid, that was strong, uh, that that was built on that, that respect, that was built on that honesty, but uh, was also was also built so it could be successful. Um, so it could be transparent uh, in terms of communication. And I, I always say that to people, it's one of, besides the three pillars that I discussed earlier, this trifecta is also, I think, a secret key to it because that's how you make sure you're setting your family up for success is if you make sure that all three points of that triangle are constantly being nourished and fed. That's a great answer. And while you were talking, it really made me think, especially when you said, you know, learning to walk that line. It's very interesting when you said that, because it's also many times what a step parent has to do, especially in the beginning of a relationship, you're trying to uh, establish trust and you're trying to walk the line. And sometimes you do see things from an outside perspective. So I just thought that was very interesting what you said, because it's a lot of, um, a lot of us have been in that position ourselves in our blended family. So- yeah, yeah, and I think that's so smart, though. You said, Melissa, though, about how the nanny role can definitely mirror a step parent role mm-hmm. or whatever that, that might be. It, it, it's there's there's more control with deciding who that nanny is going to be versus the step parent, where you don't necessarily have the control that that person's going to be a part of the extended family. But the ways that a nanny would transition into a family and a step parent would, there are many similarities. 
Yeah. Yeah. So I thought that was very interesting. Now you have a web series and a blog and I want you to talk about that because I took a peek at it yesterday and it's really, really cool. So talk about that a little bit. (laughs) Well, my blog, I I tend to talk about a lot of different subjects, you know, just in general on my Instagram and Facebook, but it's a deeper dive into certain subject matter that I think is important for families today, whether that's where families can get tips about resources, um, for a different formula or, you know, uh, ways to support uh, parents, you know, during these hard times economically where they can get that support for their children for themselves or talk about, you know, tips and tricks of, you know, what to do to keep the kiddos away from, you know, technology 24 seven and introduce kind of those old school values and, and things like that. And then also, you know, more, you know, heart of the matter things. My, my, my web series, Windy City Nanny, is exploring 12 different families and the dynamics of those families and how childcare affects those families. And, um, and the subjects range from talking to a mom who is uh, who has MS, who has a chronic illness, and she needed to talk to her son for the first time about why mommy is unable to do things other mommies can do. And it was very emotional about, um, you know, her accepting certain things and then also, you know, being able to speak to her son about it. And then a father who lost his wife tragically and was left with two young daughters and, you know, kind of a super dad and, and how he's navigating those waters and learning to ask for help. And then also a mommy who really lost her identity to motherhood. She just kind of stepped back one day and said, I have no idea who I am anymore. Anymore. I just, I, I, everything that used to be important to me, I've lost everything, you know, all of that. So we explore uh, kind of all the different facets of what happens uh, when you have children and when you have to start making decisions about who you're letting in your village and how you're asking for that help and what that help looks like. And very, very specific um, ideas and advice for how to get yourself out of whatever hole you feel like you're currently in or whatever limbo you feel like you're kind of floating through um, and making you feel like you're not alone, making sure you connect to other families out there that are feeling very similarly to you. And one woman was you know, going through her postpartum journey and had a lot of anxiety attached to that. And so many moms reached out to me and said, that's exactly how I feel. I feel exactly like her. So it's about making sure that we're exposing what's relatable uh, in the world today. And maybe it's subject matter that people aren't talking about, but it's certainly stuff people are feeling. Yeah, I love that. And I love that you made it about so much more than just nannying because you really have a wealth of information from having so much experience. So I like that you are taking everything you learned over so many years and really using it to help people with topics that are so important to us all right now. So thank you for that. Um, I know you also have a, a book called Nanny and Me. Let's tell us about that. Yes. So after I retired from being a nanny, I was kind of looking at the at the children's book uh, environment. And I was like, you know, there's really nothing out there that teaches children about this transition, this transition of being cared for by your parents to being cared for by a nanny or a caretaker. And, you know, given the statistic that I noted earlier, you know, obviously 
there are a ton of children affected by, you know, caretaking in general. And I wanted children to be able to relate to it. So I wrote the book from the child's perspective of what it's like to have a nanny come into the home and take care of them. Uh, and it really teaches uh, parents and children about the values of, of having a nanny and helps them through what oftentimes can be a very traumatic experience for both parent and child. Parents need peace of mind knowing they're making the right decision because that's very difficult for them to, you know, kind of give the reins over to someone else. And children, you know, are asking themselves, you know, why doesn't my mom stay home with me? Or why doesn't my dad stay home with me? Is it because they don't love me as much as Susie's mom loves them? You know, they're comparing themselves to other children and wondering why their, their family looks different. And I'm sure, Melissa, that's something, you know, you guys talk about a lot about why, you know, families look different and what's the perspective children have about why their family looks the way it does. And maybe it's different from their friends. Um, so it's not, it's no different for the fact that, you know, you've got a nanny or someone who's also going to be playing this large role in your child's life. And it's, it's about being able to give peace of mind to both parties, both parents and children. Yeah. And that's a great idea. Books are an excellent way to help children through any kind of situation, really. So that's wonderful. And I know uh, I'm going to put links to the book and to your website and all of the ways to contact you. Uh, Florence can be reached at thewindycitynanny.com. Is that right, Florence? Yes, that's Just right. Sure. Okay. And all the social is also Windy City Nanny. Keeps it real simple. Okay, good. And I wanted to mention when I went on the website, I just wanted people to know that she's got a resource page that's got really cool things that you can download, like a village building chart and things to do with a toddler. So there's some really good resources on the website. I encourage everybody to go check it out. Florence, before we go, I just wanted to know if you have anything else to share, last minute words of advice for my listeners, anything like that. Be kind to yourself. I, I think that right now, more than ever, we all need to be really patient and kind with ourselves, and we need to lean on people and not feel afraid to ask for that help. And you know, maybe it's not someone who's in your home with you, but you parents, you know, you're you've got superpowers. You know, once you become a parent, I truly believe you you gain superpowers. And you know, ask for that help from whomever it might be, even if it's that you just need 15 minutes to call your girlfriend on the phone and you know vent a little bit. You know, look for the little things. I don't believe it always has to be these large, you know, huge gestures of self-care and all that. I believe that a lot of the time the answer is found in more simplicity um, than, than not. Um, so try to take a step back and realize what is it that you need to re-energize yourself a bit. And I, I guarantee you, you're probably going to find it's something so much smaller than you thought it would be. But those small things add up to big moves. So that's, that's my, my last piece of advice. Such wonderful advice from you, Florence. Thank you so much for coming on the show. I really appreciate it. And I really appreciate the work that you're doing. Oh, thank you. I appreciate the work you're doing. What a joy and honor. Thank you for having me. You have been listening to the Blended Family Podcast. For more information, please visit the website at blendedfamilypodcast.com. Remember, to create the peaceful home you desire, all you need is love.